Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time, back with episode number three with a new guest and someone we will absolutely have back. Jan, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So one of the topics you sent over that we could riff about was macroeconomics. Uh, you didn't know. Uh, that is something I enjoy talking about. I enjoy having um, conversation with my experts because we don't always agree. And I have no idea if we're going to agree or disagree. And I just want to riff on what's going on. So uh, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, this is great. So um, I guess the first thing I've got to ask kind of macroeconomic um, is uh, I think it's I think it's pretty clear that a recession. Well, first off, a recession will be in our future, right? It, it, the only question is timing, right? The business cycle is undefeated. Right. Uh, where do you come down on a recession? Do you think we are in one? Do you see one in 2022? In one meaning we've already had negative Q1. You think we'll have negative Q2? Do you think we have something that's validated at the end of the year? Do you think the recession's pu- pushed off to next year? Where, where do you come down on that kind of discussion? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think a recession sounds worse than it can be. And so, you know, it's just two quarters, two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I, I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm expecting that we are, we have stepped into a recession already. I think okay. we'll see probably the worst of it this fall and winter. Mm. Um, I think, you know, keep doing what you're doing this summer and enjoying your life. Um, because yeah. it might get a little bit more tumultuous. I don't have a crystal ball, but like, yeah, you know, all signs are pointing a certain way. Yeah. Um, you know, in runaway inflation, obviously a big problem. I think a really interesting space that we're in is that, you know, generally printing money and controlling the rate of borrowing or interest rates are, you know, the two biggest levers that the government has to pull on and the Fed has to pull on. And it's like, there's the interesting space we're in where runaway inflation would suggest and prescribe that we actually bring interest rates up mm-hmm. in order to control you know, spending, right? Mm-hmm. And, and make it more expensive to borrow so that people borrow less and prices mm-hmm. hopefully come down. Yep. However, um, negative GDP growth would suggest and prescribe that we actually lower interest rates yeah in order to stimulate the economy. So I'm like, wait, where the hell is this gonna go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one thing I would tell you right now is I do not want the Fed's jobs. They, they have painted, I think the Fed's painted themselves into a corner where there are no good outcomes at this point. I think it's all bad. The question is how long and how deep. So pretty interesting. Uh, just to kind of round, I, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's, ne- I don't think, A, I don't think we get a negative Q- GDP print in Q2. Yeah. So I don't think we are in technically in a recession. I do not see a recession in 2022. I see, unfortunately, the delay, meaning it's going to be worse and longer. So I, I'm calling Q2, Q3 of next year or Q3, Q4 as back-to-back negative GDPs. So that's, uh, I yeah, I I think we have a lot of um, kind of YOLO summer going on, right? Vacations and all of that. One last kind of blowout party like it's 1999. Um yeah, I, I think rates. I think rates go much higher. Well, you're borrowing millions of dollars, right? You're buying office buildings and parks. 
do you have an opinion on where you think the Fed gets the Fed funds rate? Or maybe you want to talk 30-year debt. I don't know what you want to talk about, but where do you see all this debt going? What, where's, where are rates going? Yeah, listen, I'm positive I actually know the answer to this. And rates are either going to go up, down, or stay the same. <laughs> yes! There's only three outcomes, folks. Pick one. <laughs> uh, I, I do think uh, you know, 30-year 30 30 year debt is going to go up to probably as high as seven. Okay. Yeah, seven I think that's four. reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, wow. all that is have all that is forcing me to do is get even better at seller financing, right? I hope people are hearing this. Go back and watch episode one, number two. That's that's exactly my point. That's what I'm telling my audience is, you know, you're not if you're an investing, right? You're a one rental at a time fan. You're an investor. When rates go up, get better at seller financing, right? Seller financing can have now lots of sellers will want bank rates, right? They'll want seven and a quarter. But you get to have a conversation with them and tell them what's going on. Hey, your asset's not bankable, this, that, the other. Oh, by the way, as Jan shared with us, I think it was episode two, one of his sellers wanted a certain number. And he's like, well, we could do that, but it's going to be an 11-year note versus a 30-year note. Because again, you just it's just math, right? So yeah, get better at seller financing is absolutely the right answer. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, some, I would say some, some macro trends that really concern me okay. uh, in terms of global supply chain issues is sure. the fact that Russia produces, a, you know, roughly a third of the world's wheat and yeah. they are not, they, you know, they are refusing to plant wheat. And so come harvest time in the yeah. fall, this fall, um, we have, we're going to have a third less wheat in, in the global food supply, um, roughly a third of the world depends on wheat as a primary calorie source. That's a lot of people that are yeah. going to be impacted, right? Yeah, that's something I put out as one of my greatest concerns. Um, we've already missed the planning cycle in what's called the bread belt of Europe, right? With what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. There is, um, there are wheat stores. Actually, China is rumored to have the largest wheat store. I don't know if I trust their stats. There's generally, in my opinion, there's enough in storage to get us through one bad season. Yeah. It's going to be stretched. There will be people that were dependent on 1800 calories that are going to get 15. It's going to be bad. It's going to suck. But dude, if we miss two planting seasons, Mm. not good. Right. Not good. And again, we're talking starvation and just horrible worldwide outcomes because of this. It's, it's, it is bad. It, it is. And again, now, now we have India refusing to export. We have a lot of kind of insulation going on around the country or around the world, excuse me. So yeah, yeah. it's a very, yeah, with, uh, that is a huge concern of mine. Very concerning. Right. And it's like, we, we think we're squeezed by, by global supply chain issues. Now it's like, dude, wait until second and third world countries can't eat. You think they're going to be producing <laughs> like it's, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, well here, let's talk about inflation. Um, you know, I love how they strip out, you know, food and energy out of, you know, CPI, you know, core inflation. Right. Uh, I think, I think, I think the rent calculation goes up from here. I think energy goes up and I think food goes up for what you just talked about. Right. You strip out 20% and you're dipping into storage and you're like shipping all different places. 
Oh my God. I don't, I don't think inflation, I think, you know, everybody's talking about peak inflation at 8.5 in, in the fake CPI number and went down to eight, three. I think it goes back up. Mm. What about you? I don't think we've seen the worst of it. I don't think we've seen the worst of it. I mean, yeah. simply put, like you can't print trillions of dollars and and you know expect there to not be effects here like it's yeah and it, it's it doesn't happen instantly right no exactly there's there's a la there's a delay right we live in a very microwave society where everything is instant right dude we're we're i don't know i, I just think about it as waves hitting the u.s economy and frankly the worldwide economy they just keep coming mm. <laughs> more and more bad news just keeps coming because you know you dropped a pebble in the ocean hundreds of miles away and the, and then ripples just, they just keep coming, man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How, so how about, how, how about unemployment? Where do you think that goes? You know, we're at, you know, 3.6% U3. You think that goes up, down sideways? Uh, you know, I'm not sure on that one. I mean, I, obviously there was, there was a big gap there for, for quite some time when people realized why work, I'm just getting checks from the government, you know, yeah. I, yeah, that, a buddy of mine uh, talked about people in Washington getting paid roughly seventy-five grand a year to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I I had friends that were like, you know, hey, this this is what I'm doing is working. I'm a yoga teacher, and like, yeah, I lost my job to COVID, and and now I'm getting paid to to sit around. Why why go back? This is great, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's yeah, it's been a mess. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think on uh, unemployment? I, well, again, I, I come out to the side that the Fed's going to raise rates um, to 3%, the funds rate 4%. I think, un I think, frankly, the only way we break inflation is to double, maybe triple unemployment. So we're going somewhere between 7 and 9%. Mm. Now, that's not fast, right? Again, back to the ripple, right? I think that's you know, August, September of next year, mm. I think we exit this year at like four and a half, which is, which is 20% higher than today, but not horrible. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, I call the recession Q2, Q3. I think it gets pretty bad. Yeah. You can't, again, this is, this is, you know, you're talking about, you can't print all this money for me. It's, it's, it's a hangover. And for the longest time we stayed at the party and we did hair of the dog, which meant we just stayed drunk. And, um, at this point, the party's out and the cops are coming in. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you are not prepared, it's it's going to hurt. And we're feeling the effects of it now. Obviously, in the stock and crypto markets are getting absolutely rocked and crushed. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that money that was printed that was supposed to stimulate the economy. Obviously, in retrospect, we, you know, we know that it was a massive overswing in terms of the stimulation that was needed. But, you know, a lot of that money found its way into financial assets that just all bubbled, right? I mean, we're, we've been in an insane asset bubble. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're seeing that, you know, those markets are, because there's more liquidity, obviously we're seeing, seeing the downstream effects very quickly there, but we haven't seen all the effects that are yet to come in, you know, like labor markets and, and in, in other asset classes, right? Yep. Besides financial products and, and general assets. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time to be alive for sure. There you go. What else what else do you see in the macro environment as we wrap up episode three? Um 
You know, honestly, my biggest concern is, is the food, is the food shortages. I just think that is going to cause more waves than, than, than a lot of people are ready for, right? Not yeah. only, not only food shortages, but also just the, the raw, the raw inputs to food, right? Like fertilizer, a lot of fertilizer, right? NPK, Russia mm -hmm. and, and Ukraine um, are responsible for a lot of that. That's skyrocketed. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think every, every, every human being on the planet is going to feel the impacts of um, the food shortage. Mm -hmm. uh, some people will just feel it in higher prices, but you're going to feel it. Uh, some of you will feel it with lack of choice because at some point it just won't end up on the shelves. It will go somewhere else. Um, but also kind of at an economic level, I think there's going to be some new relationships established. For example, if China truly has these, uh, it's rumored that they have over a year's supply of wheat, which they're the only country to have over a year of supply. They right. could, the articles I've read, they, again, I don't trust data in China, but let's just go with what was written. They could theoretically make up the entire year of missing wheat themselves, supposedly. Mm. What I know about China, they're not going to do that freely. Right. They're going to create like, hey, country XYZ, you want to get your wheat supplied? Well, you got to sign this military or this or that thing. Yeah, there's going to be some, I mean, starvation is a huge motivator. And, Absolutely. And your uh, leaders will do theoretically nearly anything possible to, to get food for their starving people. It's going to be yeah. bad. Yeah. And China's incredibly well positioned. You know, as you said, if the data is real, you, it, they're really well positioned to, you know, take take more power on the global stage. Who knows? I mean, America as a as an economic superpower isn't going to last forever. It's lasted a long time. And, but at a certain point, right, we perhaps uh, will not be the currency that that uh, mm -hmm. the world, you know, is denominated in, and, and China's, you know, well positioned to to be kind of the next global superpower. So, yeah. uh, you know, if I do have kids, I was thinking of teaching them Polish and and Spanish, but maybe I start need to start working on Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Mandarin would. Uh, yeah, I mean that it. Um, yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate your time today. Uh, how can people find you? Uh, find me on Facebook. Yeah. Washington real estate investing. That's my Facebook group. Uh, we've got about 14,000 members in there. Ooh. Great place to learn about, uh, investing in the Pacific Northwest, but in general, in general, real estate investment, uh, tons of great free content and mm. good place to have your questions answered. And so, yeah, yeah, find me on Facebook. Very cool, man. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you so much, Michael. Mm -hmm.